Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And once again, I am so glad to be here with you for this week's episode, which is all about finding passion to teach creativity in midlife with Eileen McKenna. Now, my guest today, Eileen, is an amazing woman in the middle who went from stay-at-home mom and graphic designer who denied her desire to be an artist to someone who embraced her artistic side completely, so much so that she now also inspires creativity in others. Now, a decade ago, you wouldn't even recognize Eileen. Well, I know you don't know her, so you wouldn't recognize her, but you know what I mean? You wouldn't recognize her because she didn't paint or draw or anything despite wanting to be an artist as a child. Like many of us, confidence in her talent was chipped away and she eventually gave up. Then she had kids and she decided she wanted to do something for herself. And you know what we call that around here. Eileen wanted to put herself first. She dabbled in a few classes in drawing and painting and that lit a fire. She absolutely noticed that she wanted more and she got really curious about what that might look like. What would happen if she just allowed herself to explore? After several false starts in 2014, she made a resolution to be creative on a regular basis and started a blog called My Creative Resolution. Can you imagine making a resolution like that? It's just awesome. And now it's been over six years and Eileen's creative journey is still going strong. Being creative has brought her so much joy and fulfillment. She can't believe that she lived so long without it. What began as a personal journey has now also become a desire to inspire others. You're not going to believe what she's up to. And I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Hi, Eileen. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. So one of the reasons I was so excited to have you here is because you're living the life that I love. I love creativity. (laughs) I love everything you're doing. And I just know that so many women in the middle um, also wish they could paint more. They wish they could be more creative. They wish they knew how to do things. So I really wanted you to uh, come on because you've broken it down. You make it so accessible. And I just love your story. So let's start with how this all happened in your life, how you went down this direction. What was going on for you in your 40s? Um, I found myself at home with three little kids and I had always wanted to be an artist. Um, I had thoughts in high school, oh, maybe I'll major in art, but I just think lack of confidence. I I gave up on the idea very quickly. Um, Now, hang on a second. Why did you give up on that idea so quickly? Because again, you're not alone. So many people tell me that they wish they would have spent a little more time studying it or exploring it or something when they were younger. So what happened? 
I think as I started to get older, um, meaning approaching high school, I started to see people, you know, better than me or, you know, so all those things sort of built up, um, you know, creating more insecurity. Like, I don't think I'm good enough to pursue this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that there was one instance meeting a girl in high school and she was really talented at portraits. And I remember seeing her portrait and just being blown away but immediately reversing on how it reflected on me and what I was capable of. And now I look back and I think, you know, I'm not saying I could do the same exact thing she did, but if you learn techniques and if you practice, you can get good at things. It wasn't like black and white, she's good and I'm not, but that, but that's how I took it to be. So I think when I brought up the idea of majoring in art, I was really looking to my mom or somebody for reinforcement, like, yes, of course. And when I didn't get, when I got maybe a lukewarm reception to the idea, it, it just reaffirmed what I had been building in myself. You know, I, I totally hear you. And I'm so glad you mentioned skills, that we can learn skills and that we can get better at this sort of thing. Like I used to think the same way about music that some people were just gifted musicians and other people like me. And I think that's what you're getting at. It's like you either have the goods and you can pursue that road or you don't, but we don't really appreciate the 10,000 hours idea, the training, the developing technique, the being serious about your craft, all of that. And you closed a door very early on in your life. That's so interesting. But then Tell us what happened in your 40s that you opened that door again. Well, I was, I had become, after college, even though I didn't major in art, I became a graphic designer, but my career was focused around the computer. So, you know, I look back thinking it was almost like a crutch, like I'm creative, but I'm using the computer. I'm not drawing or anything. Even if somebody called me a graphic artist, I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm a graphic designer as if the distinction, you know, because I was sort of insecure about I couldn't draw or any of those like fine art skills. So um, after being home with the kids, I, I just was like, I'm going to go for it. I don't care if I have to get a babysitter. I've been eyeballing a drawing class in this catalog that comes um, every semester for a couple of years. So I signed up and took the drawing class and it was I was so proud of the first thing that I drew. I was like literally giddy with excitement when I showed it to my husband. Oh and my he God. was like, you drew that? That came out of you? <laughs> right, right. So he hadn't even seen this artistic side of you? Um, before that, I had been expressing it probably more with the computer. You know, I would design invitations or things like that. So he hadn't seen like, you know, hand skills at all. It's so interesting the way you're you're separating out creativity in like, because clearly what you were doing on the computer with graphic design was creative. But in your mind, you didn't have the artist identity unless you were using your hands. Is that what you're getting at? And I think also the distinction is if I was designing invitations or a brochure or whatever, it was an assignment given to me by somebody else. Whereas 
getting into drawing or painting is really your own idea, you know, just pursuing something for the fun of it. And um, I, I, so I think that was a big part of it. Like when it's not tied to work. Right. And it's not subject to somebody else's approval. Right. Right. Yes. I totally get it. All right. So then what happened? You, you took a class, you blew your own mind and then what? (laughs) So I took classes, you know, the drawing class, a watercolor class. So for a couple of years I did that, but it was very structured. I could see that I really only worked in the class during the, you know, seven week semester or whatever it was. And I I just got to a point where I became fascinated with the idea of exploring anything, you know, not being restricted to, you know, to maybe a drawing pad that you would walk into class with. I um, read about an artist who her, all of her work had to do with mannequin parts. And I thought, not that I was interested in mannequin parts, but I thought, how do you arrive at the, uh, the place where that's your thing? So I, I, I really got into the idea of like, if I was by myself doing whatever I wanted, free from even the, you know, the classroom or the assignment or the other students, what would, I, what would I do? And there had been several years where I would, you know, get a new sketchbook for Christmas and say, oh, this year I'm going to fill it up. And um, so this year I added that year I added in um, starting a blog and I figured if I felt like I had to post about it, it would hold me accountable whether people were reading it or not. And, and that made a huge difference to me. Wow. I have to say, I, I'm blown away by you listening to the thoughts that you were thinking. I mean, so many of us don't even get to that stage. We would just poo-poo the idea down before it saw the light of day. You know, oh, you mean I would, I don't want to be restricted to the class or the medium. Uh, that's too hard. What would I think of? I'm not good enough to, to fill my time that way. We would just start with the negative thought squishers, you know, before we even allowed the idea to breathe. And you allowed a blog idea to pop into your head and And I love that. And I have to say also with my blog, when I first started, I was afraid. I was afraid of technology. I didn't know my voice. I didn't know what the heck I would write about. But I had the same experience that it kind of became a bit of an anchor and a little bit of safety, a little bit of safety. I could write whatever I want, but it kind of held me to posting and it helped me find my voice. Is that what happened with you? Absolutely. And the funny thing is, you, you mentioned fear. Even when I started the blog, I didn't say what my name was or who I was or literally like I would show the artwork, but it was almost like I was hiding behind it. Wow. And very slowly, I guess I got comfortable with the idea of, of talking about it, writing about it, sharing it. Um, you know, I, I think I didn't even, I, I told obviously, you know, my husband and the kids, but beyond that, it was very slow. I felt safer with strangers reading it than like sharing the whole idea. So well, really, and what comes to me too, though, is that you're so uncomfortable in those early days with you being an artist. Right. 
like wearing that identity, trying on that identity is kind of like trying on clothes. So those are your artsy clothes that you haven't looked at in a long time (laughs) from the 70s and the 80s. (laughs) And you're going to put those on again. And it was very uncomfortable for you. That's so interesting. I think I had done a lot of soul searching before that. You know, I, I remember running to a book called The Enemy Called Average. So I clearly was wondering, like, what is holding me back? And, you know, I think fear and worried about being made fun of or not being good and those kind of things. So and I, I think that what overrode those thoughts was, you know, if not now, when? You know, I I was at that time, I guess, approaching 40 or just turned 40. So I was like, what am I waiting for? You know, exactly. What are you waiting for? And that's one (laughs) thing I love about midlife is that uh, for we have different wake up calls. They're not the same for each of us. But for some reason, that age being in your 40s, sometimes it's a stage, sometimes it's a sick parent, like it's so many things that a wake up call could be. But that helped you feel time sensitivity and a bit of urgency, right? And that put the fire under your butt. (laughs) I love it. So then what happened? Um, The process of the blog was amazing. I mean, I, I found in the early days that when I looked at other creative projects I had tried to start before the blog, I had quit very early. So I had, you know, supplies for things or things I'd started and then abandoned all over the place. And once I, because if I posted about starting a project, I felt like then I had to finish it to post that. I couldn't just, like I normally would do, is put that in the closet and then jump to the next one. So instead I had to finish, post it, but finishing became a bit like addictive. And I realized that that hard part in a project where you kind of have the struggle is part of the project. That's where you push through. And it was, it was very fulfilling finishing things and it motivated me to just, you know, to keep going and think of new ideas. And I love that. And one of the people we had on the podcast, his name's Tom Sterner and he wrote the book, the practicing mind. And that was a core message that the journey counts. It's not just the finished project. It's not just the completed piece of art. I'm already fascinated by you choosing to blog as part of your artistic journey because you're very interested in the process, right? And so I don't want to scoop the end, but I know that the process of what you're doing, here are the roots for it, you know, starting the blog and thinking about that struggle and completing projects and why it wasn't okay to put your crap in the closet and start again. And I say crap with full respect because all of the artists listening know (laughs) we all have beads and fabric and paint and oh, we have it all. It's so much fun to think about how we're going to organize it. (laughs) But I, yeah, you're definitely interested in the creation process. I love it. And that's, different than what you were originally toying with and focusing on in your early days of just not being good enough. Now, it seems like your focus was shifting to being really curious about process. 
Absolutely. And I found it fascinating. I remember after I had done that first drawing in that drawing class that I had drawn um, a, in color pencil, a brown bear, but because I had just started it on a piece of paper, I didn't think about how big it was and how I would, you know, I didn't think about, I would want to frame it. So it was this odd shape. So for for, and my husband immediately wanted to frame the brown bear because we were so overjoyed with it. But when I was doing other projects after that, I kept thinking, okay, well, eight by 10 or standard sizes. And because I was already jumping ahead to framing the artwork, I was stifling myself a bit. I was afraid if I started doing something I liked, I started to become afraid of adding anything to it. Um, and that's when I started working a lot in a sketchbook. And when, when I was, you know, doing the blog, I became much more interested in playing and sitting and creating and less interested in what the final project, uh, product really ended up being. What a I shift. found, I found like each painting, you know, of course, when you're doing a painting, you oh, I want to get the shadows better. You're, you're working on areas of it, but it, it sort of just ends up being information for the next painting, as opposed to like, this one has to be perfect. Hmm. So you're really allowing yourself uh, freedom to play, freedom to explore. Right. Wow. That is a huge concept because it's very easy to just get busy with life and not even think you have enough time for any of that. If it's not directly related to an outcome. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I notice about your process here is that you're also thinking about other people. So it's not just your work, but even going the blog route, you're thinking about teaching or inspiring or somehow involving other people in this creative journey, how did that idea start to become more crystallized for you? The beginning was definitely all about me and what I was doing. But the funny thing was after I started, after, you know, about a year, I was really focusing in on watercolor and, you know, my skills were improving because I spent so much time doing it. And it was funny because it was almost like this new wave of bloggers who they were just starting their creative thing. They were asking me questions or looking to me like I was the expert. And I was like, wait, I, I was just where you were not that long ago. So that was almost like an unexpected side effect that, that people would look at what I was doing and say, oh, I want to do that. And, um, and from there, it's sort of, um, grew the idea of uh, like sometimes I would um, create a painting and I would say oh let me share like the steps of how I created this one because it's really easy for beginners and they could play with watercolor say or not everybody thinks like that I don't know if you're well you're probably aware of it now because you're farther into your business but this um, emphasis on sharing and teaching seemed to just need to get out as much as you finding your own path to creativity. That's what it sounds like. Right. And the funny thing was, I never really thought about becoming a teacher. And 
because um, I mentioned that I was a graphic designer. So one of my clients that I've worked with for over five years owns a kid's art studio. So very slowly, I have started to work, you know, I would do a week of summer, summer camp or, oh, could you fill in for one of the teachers in the drawing and painting class? So now I've arrived at this place where I'm teaching four classes and it's working with the kids, especially because my kids are getting so much older, is so fulfilling. And I never saw that coming or thought of it when I was younger. And this is really the story of so many people as they're figuring out what their real passion is and what their real gifts are and what they want to do next is it's almost impossible to imagine it because it's the baby steps, the doing, the exposure that allows things to come to the surface, that you end up having conversations with people that you wouldn't have had. You, you end up saying yes to things that you wouldn't have been exposed to before. And that all just allows you to figure out who you are. It's impossible to predict for so many of us. Like you didn't even see it coming and it turned into something that's super fulfilling. Right. And, and in the early days, you know, I think some people, and, and I like to plan and think and write lists and and in the early days, I thought, okay, I'm going to be refinishing furniture. That'll end up being my business. I think I, I did one coffee table or one little end table. You know, I never thought that I would end up teaching kids. And even the first um, time I did you know, a few days of summer camp, I was terrified, like so nervous. So to think that that, that would become something that I do, you know, four or five days a week, is crazy. Wow. So then what happened? I know you have a book. Where the heck did the book come from? Well, as you, you mentioned, while I'd be painting, I, I really enjoyed thinking about the creative process. So I would start writing down tips, sharing them on the blog. And, um, you know, a few years into the blog, I started thinking about the idea of putting all the tips together and putting the process together for, for how you could go from someone who says, like, I can't do anything creative to, to starting to explore your own creativity. And, um, you know, again, I, I started putting the book together and then, you know, a month would pass and I would be like, ah, and I'd let the idea die. But, it, you know, every year, every six months, it would kind of circle back around. And then I, I got to a point where I was like, okay, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this, this idea. And um, I even hired my own proofreader so that I, so I could be accountable to her <laughs> so that I would not let the idea die. You know, right. I, I hired her when I was very into the idea, but knowing that, you know, the, right after that, you kind of hit the lull and that's when you put, put it back in the closet. Well, yeah, with the paints and everything I know. So this book, Creative Exploration, a six-week process for introducing regular creativity into your life. Again, it's regular creativity. It's not that you have to be Picasso. It's how to get more creativity in your life based on exploration. It's like giving yourself permission to explore. And I just love that. What have you seen with your students 
who thought that they just didn't have it in them? I see people who, you know, kids and adults who very much think that they fall into either the creative camp or the not creative camp. They'll, you know, I remember going to a high school reunion and somebody admiring the stuff that I do, but it was sort of like not something she could see herself doing. And, you know, I hear kids talk about, you know, whether they're talented or not. And, and because of my own history or my own story, I really believe that talent is just your starting point. And maybe for some people it is easier, but, you know, there could be someone very talented with drawing and it comes easy to them, but they don't spend any time doing it. And then you could have somebody who puts a lot of time into it and improves their skills and gets better. And I, I think, you know, I'd love to see a shift in thinking where people didn't think being talented was the requisite for exploring creativity. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what about how, how do you explain how uncomfortable so many of us are with exploration when it comes to creativity? I thought about that a lot. Uh, not that long ago when I was, I decided, I worked a lot in acrylic, uh, watercolor and I decided to pursue acrylics. And when I first started doing that, everything about what I was doing was uncomfortable. You know, I didn't know where to put my brush and just, it, it was like a mess. Whereas I realized when I sit with watercolor, I have this whole process and system and it's basically learning by doing, you know, oh wait, let me put my water over here because that, or I need the rag or whatever. And it is, it's very uncomfortable to be a beginner, especially if you're good at something else creative. Um, but I, with with time and sitting and pursuing it, you know, every sitting doing that thing, you get better at it and you learn more about the process. And I also feel that just sitting and doing is valuable, having nothing to do with what the final product ends up looking. Oh, I couldn't have said that better myself. Now, why do you think that's so valuable? I think of it almost like like some people would meditate or do yoga or go for a walk. You're just sitting and I, it's, I don't know, it's like nice quality time, nice quiet time, especially when we spend so much time on, you know, our phones, looking at stuff, see, you know, we're like consuming everything. It, it's almost like quiet time, like reading a book, using your imagination yeah, exactly. And we get so hung up on productivity that it it feels like we we can't it feels indulgent to spend time doing something that's not obviously productive. Obviously in quotes. Yes. yes. And so many people tell me and this has happened to me too and I'm sure it's happened to you is that you you get your best ideas and insights when you allow quiet time. You know, so then it ends up being productive in a way that you're not used to something feeling productive. Right. So it has value. Like you said, it has value, but it's not the way we normally define something as valuable. It's so interesting. And why do you think people should have more creativity in their lives anyway? Um, I think 
I think it brings a lot of joy, at least for me, it brought a lot of joy. I felt like this was what I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, going back to the, the meditation and, and that concept, I th- also think people think they need an idea like, oh, okay, I'm going to paint a sunset and this is exactly what I'm going to do. I think it's a little bit more about carving out time that you're just going to sit down and sort of see what happens. Like that's when the ideas come to you, not, you know, sometimes they come at other moments, but there's a lot of times that I just sit down with the sketchbook and think, okay, what am I going to do now? Like it's more about making that time. Um, Making that time and having a plan of exactly what you're going to do. Or having a plan that you don't know what you're going to do and you're just going to see what comes. You're going to start, you know, with the pencil or watercolor or whatever it is that that you're interested in. And then the idea is it's almost like unlocking something once you get started. But if you wait for that big inspiration, strike of inspiration, you might be waiting a while. Yeah, exactly. That lightning bolt. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what to expect from the book. So creative exploration, a six-week process for introducing regular creativity into your life. Can you maybe explain a little part of one of the of the process? Sure. Um, A big part of the process is making that time like a regular commitment. And and I don't think it doesn't mean you need to, you know, quit your job and spend all this time becoming a painter or whatever. I think it can be in small pockets of time, you know, maybe instead of Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the idea, even if it's a few minutes before I, you know, go out to work or something, sketching or painting, and then it sort of like fuels the idea, oh, of a bigger project for the week. So a, a large part of the book is kind of just getting into that mode, like even going for a walk and looking for ideas and being open to inspiration is a part, is a, a big part of the book. Um, before you get started, I think it's important to think about your own creative history, what may have held you back, because I think it helps propel you forward once you sort of address those things. Um, I start the process very easily with, you know, paper and pencil for the first week, because I think it's easier to start with things that you have on hand, things that don't require a lot of, um, skill or technique. And from there, I think you can build on it. You know, the second week is let's introduce color. You know, it's open to what you might want to pursue, whether it be, you know, watercolor or pastel or colored pencil. And the idea is really, you know, I have a framework of things that you can follow, but it's, it's sort of starting to come up with your own idea because not everybody is going to pursue things the way that I did. You know, someone else might get more into, you know, quilting or embroidery, or it's more about um, giving some of the ideas and things that you were interested in a chance. And then when you say, you know, I'm not quite sure embroidery is for me or what block printing or whatever, then you move on to something else that interested you. Oh, I love it. So how can we get a hold of this book? Um, if you visit my website, eileenmckenna.com forward slash shop, 
um, right there you'll find access to the book. I actually have a watercolor guide, a few watercolor uh, video tutorials, PDF projects. Amazing. So I'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. And it sounds like this book is really good for people who don't think they're creative, but want more creativity. People who haven't found time to be creative and just wish they could focus on that part of their lives a little bit more. And people that do think of themselves as creative, but again, just want more exposure to different things. It sounds like it's for everyone, actually. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Your insight into the importance of the process in being open to more creativity in your life, how accessible it can be and not closing things down just because of some weird little experience we had 30 or 40 years ago. It's really valuable. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Susie. It's so much fun talking to you. All right. Another great interview, right? I'm sure you took a lot from meeting Eileen. Didn't you just melt when she talked about the way she compared her own talent to others when she was young? She just pretty much shelved her passion to be an artist just like that. I wonder where you've done that too. You know, allowed something that someone said or a story that you've told yourself for years to influence the way you think about yourself now? even now, after a couple decades have gone by. (laughs) Remember, she didn't even allow herself the title of graphic artist. She really believed those stories from her past. But eventually, Eileen allowed herself to explore again, even though it seemed uncomfortable. She did it her way too. It was slow and it was quiet. She started a blog though, constantly thinking about the process of creating. But even then, she noticed she was hiding a bit. She could really see that she was fearful and she started questioning it. If not, now when? I wonder if you're thinking that too. Anyway, now she loves creating and teaching and inspiring others. And a complete turnaround has happened. She's found the joy in creating again and connecting with her true passion. Great story. You just have to see her work. Her website has so many amazing things to look at. And if you resonate with her story and her work, and you also sense that you want to be a little bit more creative yourself, but you just don't know what to do or where to start, you got to check this book out. It's called Creative Exploration. It's so good. So just head over to her website, www.eileenmckenna.com forward slash shop, and you can check it all out. And of course, this link will be in the show notes. You are going to love it. Okay, that's it for this episode. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about so many things, about aging, about empty nest, about relationships, about your career, and about being more compassionate towards yourself about all of it. It's time to get excited about your life again. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I'm here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your private coach. And you know what? You're not going to believe what's possible in your life and the transformation that you will be ready to make. I know you might not think you really, really need help like this. I totally get it. And that if you just listen to the perfect podcast episode, you'll have the answers that you need. 
And I would say that if you're on the fence about working with me, go ahead and book the call. Let's talk. There are different ways to experience change and growth, and one way is what you're experiencing now. Another way is with actual coaching. I can help you grow faster. You'll see the connections and insights more clearly, and we're going to laugh a lot too because I can't help it, and you're going to learn to be more curious and more compassionate with yourself. It's so good, and it's such a beautiful gift. So head over to www.talktosuzy.com and book your free call there. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsuzy.com. To get your hands on nine secrets to get unstuck in your 50s, go to www.suzyrosenstein.com forward slash nine secrets. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one creative thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. <music>